Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it is Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft podcast presented, of course, by DraftKings. I am Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman, five teams, seven years, now five podcasts, really four. Andrew Brandt's Business of Sports podcast is part of the network as well. Should have Adam Schefter on today's Ross Tucker football podcast scheduled to have Adam and interview him a little bit later this morning. Really looking forward to that, getting his thoughts on Baker Mayfield, Jimmy Garoppolo, and more. You can always check me out on social media at Ross Tucker NFL. Remember, trying to grow the TikTok. So if you follow me on TikTok at Ross Tucker NFL, you have a great chance to be this week's spread the word winner via social media. The show is always available on YouTube, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL, which is kind of the platform that made my co-host Emery Hunt an absolute star. Football game plan on YouTube at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. And yes, you can still get the awesome footballgameplan.com slash 2022 draft guide so that you know all the guys that are undrafted for agents because a lot of other people don't. And quite frankly, you know all the guys in the XFL and the USFL next year because Emory's got them all. And that's exactly who's going to be in that league next year, by the way. A lot of the guys that Emory has covered. Emery, always good to see you. Good to talk with you. Diving into the AFC North today. Yeah, I love it, man. And this probably is the strongest division, in my opinion, in the AFC. Everyone wants to bring up the West, but the North got significantly better this offseason. I'm excited to see how it all plays out. Going to be joined today by my buddy from The Athletic. He's been calling the Ravens for a long time. I've been covering the Ravens for a long time. I got to ask him. I mean, Jeff, it's got to be double digit years, right? Yeah, yeah. My actually uh, first year on the beat was the uh, ill fated Billy Cundiff year uh, where he uh, missed the field goal in, in Foxborough. So that was 2000, the 2011 season. So, so I've been at it since then. I couldn't believe that. That was right <laughs> after Lee Evans dropped yep. the ball, right? Yeah, yeah, the guy swiped it kind of out of his hand. And some people call it a drop. Some people call it a defensive play. Either way, 
that, you know, Joe Flacco did everything he possibly can to win that game and uh, just didn't get a whole lot of help there at the end. You know, it's funny. And by the way, it's Jeff Zrebeck. You need to go ahead and follow him on Twitter. Jeff Z-R-E-B-I-E-C. Because the Ravens had the most picks, so Jeff is the perfect guy to talk to. I'm glad you brought that up, though, Jeff. Because in some people's mind, Flacco was like a one-year wonder, which is just not the case. Like his first five or six years, they won playoff games, road playoff games, I think, every year. And he had a couple other runs there, like 2011, where he was lights out. I mean, they should have been in the Super Bowl that year. Yeah, yeah. In fact, I, I think that 2011 Ravens team was better than the 2012 one that won the Super Bowl. And the team, 2014 team, um, was, you know, I, I thought he had his best year with Gary Kubiak. Um, they had a two 14-point leads in Foxborough uh, against the Patriots to advance there. I, I thought that was a Super Bowl-caliber team, and they just ran out of cornerbacks. You know, they were playing safeties at corner, and, and you know, they, they just didn't – you know, they ran out of a personnel to, to beat a team like the Patriots. But, you know, there's also the narrative that, you know, the defense carried them. But the reality was that 2012 Ravens defense – was just a very average group. Yeah, they had Ray Lewis and Ed Reed and what were their last years with the Ravens. And yeah, they had the goal line stand to, to secure the Super Bowl. But that was not a very good defensive team for much of the year. And, and uh, you know, he got them there in the end uh, in the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, I don't, you know, I know Joe Flacco is a very polarizing player, but he had a lot more than just one good season with the Ravens. He won a lot of big games for them. Yeah, it's a good point. And one of the reasons why the Ravens have so much success is because of the way they draft and just the volume of draft picks. Before we actually get into the guys, Jeff, and it's unbelievable because every year I'll look and I know and I've heard of and think the first 10 picks for the Ravens are prospect. Every other team only has seven, maybe eight picks. The first, I mean, they're getting Charlie Kohler as like their fifth, fourth round pick. Charlie Kohler played at Iowa State for 27 years, is the all-time leading receiver. In, no, I'm just kidding, but it felt like he was there forever. But why don't you speak to that first, Jeff? Because Emery and I talk about it, but just sort of organizational philosophy with the Ravens. I mean, nobody plays the comp game like they do, comp pick game like they do. Yeah, and it was funny. We went into the draft, and they had originally they had five fourth rounders, and we're like, "There's no way they're going to use all those fourth rounders." Not only did they use five, they picked up a six uh, earlier in the draft, and they used all six of them. And the way Eric DaCosta explained it, he he just told GMs during that round that they're not moving them. They they have guys they wanted every pick. So. Um, you know, I think their whole philosophy suggests just an understanding of the whole draft process. And, you know, I, I don't know if lack of arrogance is the right word, but they know they're going to miss. They just understand it. They know the volatility of the draft. They know with injuries and sometimes a guy's not a fit, a guy's not necessarily who you thought they brought in. They know they're going to miss on a handful of guys. And they've long decided that, the more swings of the bat they have, the more likely they are to have more hits. They're not really worried about the misses. They're worried about having the hits and giving themselves the opportunity to have as many hits as possible. So, yes, they play the comp game. And, yes, any chance they get during the season, like they're always spinning off 
you know, a veteran uh, late in the, you know, training camp who may not, you know, maybe a backup or a third stringer may not even make the team. And yet they wind up getting uh, a fourth or fifth round pick for him late in training camp for, uh, you know, you know, for a team that's needy at that position. Uh, they just believe in accumulating as many picks as possible. Um, and, uh, you know, they, they love they say it all the time. We love picks and, and they're unapologetic about it. And they do not they want to have 10, 11 dra man draft classes pretty much every year if it's possible. Emery, I feel like you must love the Ravens. You must love that philosophy and how they go about it. Because they also think comp picks, they've turned a lot of those fourth, fifth, sixth round comp picks into solid starters, Emery. Yeah, and that's the, the whole thing I have about the draft when people say, oh, outside of the the first, you know, 20 picks, it, it, you know, the draft really doesn't matter. Like, bro, I'm trying to nail every pick I have because if you think about it, you have – Let's say you only have one pick around. So you got seven chances at 3,000 players. So I'm trying to make sure I get seven starters out this whole deal. And when you have more opportunities, you're going to increase those chances. I remember talking with someone before the draft, and they said, oh, this team had two top ten picks. Would you take one of those top ten picks and move down and pick up more picks later? Like, bro, I got two opportunities in the top ten. Take two of the top ten players in the entire draft there's no way i'm moving out that so if you're the ravens and you find a, a way to get good players all throughout the draft it also shows you that the the amount of talent that's out there um for the draft and also how they've been able to you know acquire very good undrafted rookie free agents which ties into the the comment you made earlier about the xfl and the usfl there's way more talent out there to fill two spring leagues but the ravens do a great job of stacking their roster from first string to fourth string with very good football players. Let's go through their picks this year. It's Kyle Hamilton in the first round, pick 14. Tyler Linderbaum, pick 25. Then in the second round, they got David Ojabo, the DN from Michigan who had the torn Achilles. Third round, Travis Jones, the D tackle from UConn. I did four of his games last year. Then they got the big boy, Daniel. Do you know how to say his last name? I don't, Jeff. Falele. Falele. Falele, yes. yes Falele. Yeah. Um, and then Jalen Armour Davis, the cornerback from Alabama. I mentioned Charlie Kohler in the fourth round. Jordan Stout, the outstanding punter from Penn State in the fourth round. Isaiah Likely, the tight end from Coastal Carolina, where they double dipped. They got Demarion Williams, the corner from Houston. And then Tyler Beatty, the running back. From Missouri. Here, here's the first question, Jeff. They were going to take Jordan Davis, right? I mean, I, I think everybody looks at Calais Campbell's tweet and assumed that's who they were going to take and that the Eagles jumped in front of them, which, by the way, Kyle Hamilton might end up being the better player, the more impactful guy. I almost feel like the Ravens were like, okay, go for it. We'll just take Hamilton then. Yeah, you know, it depends who you believe, Ross. I, I'm in your camp. I've had Ravens officials swear to me, no, though, that Kyle Hamilton was the guy at that point. And here, here it is. Thing is, you know, the Ravens stick to their board. People get sick of hearing it. They they talk about it ad nauseum. I fully believe they had Hamilton ranked as a better player on their board. But sometimes when your rankings are close, um, if they're in a similar, you know, you know, grade and all that. You go with the pick that's the biggest need. And Jordan Davis, they're trying to rebuild their defensive line in the offseason. Um, you know, so Jordan Davis 
was clearly a bigger need than safety, which is one of their deeper positions, to be quite honest. But, um, you know, I, I again, I've had people tell me once those two were both available, they say, hey, we, we like both. We'll be happy with both. So do whatever you want. And they're really happy with the guy they want. But I have a hard time believing, and I'm sure I'll get a call on this and say, why don't you believe us? But, you know, no one wants to admit that the team jumped them to get the guy they really wanted. Uh, I think the Ravens are really happy with how it worked out. But if I'm a betting man, I say they'd pick Davis there if both were available. Listen, I'll tell you why you don't believe him. Because Calais Campbell tweeted, oh, man, I thought we were going to get him. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and he's, so, mean, he's such a typical Ravens draft pick, too. You know, Jordan Davis. Oh, yeah. Oh. He loves big guys and just, you know, SEC guys. So it would have been a lot. I don't, here's the one I'm a little curious about, uh, Jeff. Everything that the Ravens have been doing lately has been, you know, gap scheme yeah. um, in the run game. And they get Linderbaum, who to me – is just like a textbook outside zone center. Not that he couldn't be a gap guy. What is there anything to read into that? Yeah, you know, in the in the they were they needed a center. You know, they lost Bozeman to the Panthers, and, and you know they had you know McCarry who could do the job. But if there was an opportunity to upgrade, I think we all expected them to in the draft. And so there was a lot of buzz about Linderbaum to the Ravens and. You know, you talk to some people before the draft, it's like, I don't, I don't really get that. I mean, the Ravens themselves have long talked about how they want really big centers. They like big centers. You know, they had Ryan Jensen there, and, and, and uh, Bozeman's a, a little bit on the bigger side, obviously more than Linderbaum. So we, I kind of didn't expect he'd be the guy there. But in talking to them, first of all, they feel like he'll be able to do more. They'll be able to do more things with their running game. You know, we all know for all the criticism he gets about designing a passing game, Greg Roman runs the ball wherever he is. He has some of the most creative run schemes. And I feel like they think that Linderbaum gives them a little more versatility to do different things with their run game. But I, they just rave about his athleticism, Ross. They think he'll be able to adapt. They think he'll be able to do different things. And they think he's athletic enough to succeed and, and to be a, a, you know, a, a above-average center in pretty much every scheme that, that, that they could have. Emery, looking at their other picks, third round and below, anybody that really jumped out to you or that you thought was really interesting you really liked? I, I really – did like the Tyler Beatty selection um, because he is a fantastic running back. Uh, what fifteen hundred yards in the SEC, and I think he fits in perfectly with the what they do. So he's a, a guy that to me makes someone like Justice Hill a bit expendable um, because I feel like they are stylistically the similar similar guys. But Beatty to me is a much better back. Um, but also when you go to their uh, fourth round pick, Demarion Williams fantastic corner a guy that can play that overhang defender um he, he's had experience in the slot he can play on the outside he's a he's a guy that's a football lifer he he loves the game and i talked with him at the at the east west ryan game um for about 35 minutes off camera just about life in general and this dude is passionate about everything um and really just wants to be a good football player so he probably fits in uh with the mindset they got some undrafted dudes that you know just Phenomenal, to be completely honest. I, I mean, if you want to jump in that, Makai Polk, a receiver out of Mississippi State. Um, in my notes I have, he's able to switch gears like an L.A. lowrider. That's how smooth he is out of his transition. Shamar Bridges, 
was phenomenal at the HBC Legacy Bowl. I know there was another AFC team uh, that was on him hard. So the Ravens getting him and signing him on the contract was was huge. Um, then you talk about uh, Chuck Wiley out of UTSA. He's kind of like Dalen Hayes, who they drafted last year. Wiley is someone that you want to keep an eye on because he can legit bring it off the edge in terms of pass rush. And Zagobi McClain is a dark horse to me because he's like a a, a guy that you see um, that's a classic inside backer. He he has no bones about the run game. He is looking to lay the hit. He is not going to miss any open field tackle opportunity. So I really thought they did a great job uh, in the undrafted free agent market as well. But just typical Ravens, what they're doing. Chris Moore is the guy we talked about before in the show out of Georgia State. Um, former Virginia Tech player, went down to Georgia State, played in the Sun Best Conference, and did a great job, um, you know, uh, playing both in overhang safety, but also down in the box as well. I love – he <laughs> Emory played at Louisiana, Jeff. I love how he just says Sun Best instead of Sun Belt. Like, so <laughs> casual, so like – like, not not even talking – he just he just goes with it. It's <laughs> unbelievable. Um, let's move on to the Bengals. They've got Daxton Hill in the first round, Cam Taylor Britt, the corner from Nebraska in the second round. I should tell you, Daxton Hill, safety from Michigan, who, by the way, feels like a Ravens pick to me. You know, a guy that plays corner, safety, that kind of guy. Zachary Carter, DN from Florida in the third round. Cordell Volson, guard from North Dakota State in the fourth round. Tyson Anderson was a favorite of mine, the safety from Toledo in the fifth round, especially on special teams. And then Jeffrey Gunter, the edge from Coastal Carolina in the seventh round. I guess, Jeff, my question for you about the Bengals is, are you kind of believing what happened last year? Are you believing that that's the Ravens' biggest threat? Yeah, I I firmly believe that. Um, And, you know, I I think, as you could attest, they they solidified their offensive line. That was their biggest – you know, that was their biggest area need in the offseason. They added a couple DBs in the draft. Um, it's funny you said that about Paxton, uh, about Hill, Daxton Hill, because I, if they hadn't picked Kyle Hamilton at 14, I would have, uh, I would have thought Hill would have definitely factored in the Ravens' decision making when they had the second first rounder. Uh, he, he does fit them with his versatility. Um, you know, so I, I, you know, I think what, from a roster standpoint, absolutely, Joe Burrow should only get better. But it is very hard to, you know, we see it every year. It's very hard to, you know, they have a first place schedule now. They, they're coming off a long season. They lived a really charmed injury life last year. They barely had any injuries. That stuff doesn't usually repeat itself the next year. So it's going to be tougher for them. There's no doubt. Everyone's going to be gunning for them. Uh, but I think going into it, they have to be considered the AFC North favorite. What stood out to you, Emery, about the Bengals draft? The fact that they really got better in the secondary. You talked about Dax Hill, guy that could play inside or out, anywhere in the secondary, to be completely honest. And I was very impressed with the Tyson Anderson pick. He was my number three combo safety. Uh, watched him at the NFL PA, or I'm sorry, the senior bowl, and was like, you know, this is someone that people need to be talking more about and how athletic he is and how well he plays. So I'm glad he was able to get there. And, you know, the fact that when you think about some undrafted guys and they seem to found a home uh, at Coastal Carolina getting Hiley and Shamari Jones, the running back, 
uh, from Coastal, who's really good as well, had a really good hula bowl. Um, and, and also looking at someone that they uh, signed, uh, I want to say Friday or so or Saturday. You know, I had a tweet ready. I was driving back from, I forgot where I was, but I was driving back from it. Oh, Giants camp. And I had the tweet. I was like, yo, I got, I, I know I got something on this guy. They signed Abu Darami Soiree from Colgate. I was like, oh, that's dude that, you know, was a punt returner, kick returner. You know, I called Georgetown Colgate games. Um, he was in Europe playing in the, uh, the GFL, I believe, the German Football League. I was like, here's my scout report on him. So bringing him in probably as a core special teamer. And Tariq Tisdale, underrated player, was outstanding, I thought, at the NFL PA game out of Old Miss. Shocked that he went undrafted. Speak, you know, you can't find, you know, actually some of these guys might be on LinkedIn, Emery. I was going to say, you can't find guys like these on, on LinkedIn, but some of the guys that Emery knows legit probably have a profile at LinkedIn, which makes sense. It's the world's largest professional network, 810 million people. Think about that. Simple tools like screening questions make it easy to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience. You can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview, and why. It's why small businesses like ours rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. You know, every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash draft. That's linkedin.com slash draft to post your job for free terms and conditions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. As for the Cleveland Browns, they didn't have a first-round pick or a second-round pick. They end up taking three guys in the third, two in the fourth. I got to tell you, though, guys, like Alex Wright from UAB, David Bell, Purdue, Perrion Winfrey from Oklahoma. I mean, these are guys that um, I thought were pretty darn good prospects. Emery, I'll start with you. Yeah, solid guys. You got a David Bell who some had as a first-round player that got him in round three. He could step in right now and be in their rotation as, as one of the starters. And, you know, Wright has a length and, you know, that can play multiple spots up front. So I thought they did a really good job there. And it's funny because, you know, I look at their undrafted free agents because that's a big part of what they had to do because they didn't have the high draft picks. Isaiah Weston out of Northern Iowa – Listen, at the NFL PA game, there were two guys that were just lighting up every defensive back that was coming their way. There was uh, Dejon Dixon out of Nichols, who ended up, you know, with the Saints and Weston. Every time you look up, you saw this Northern Iowa helmet just flying past somebody. He's a tall, long receiver. It's kind of cut from the same mold that they have in Donovan Peoples-Jones. So it'd be interesting to see how he fits in. And also, um, Zaire Mitchell Payton. He was Zaire Mitchell prior to adding, you know, the the additional last name. But he was at Notre Dame College, a Division II um, program, yeah. fantastic program. And, and so he goes to FAU, 
and becomes part of the rotation. Worked on his blocking a little bit, but he is a low-key and underrated receiving threat. And, and being able to get Jerome Ford in the sixth round, I thought was huge because he's someone that has a little bit more explosiveness than Dearness Johnson. So it gives them some flexibility on what they want to do with maybe Kareem Hunt or Dearness Johnson. Ford is someone that uh, it, that really plays well. And, and cool story, because I'm looking at the secondary here. They bring in two of my favorite players in DeAnthony Bell out of West Florida, the Argonauts. But Junior Falk, we mentioned him on the show a lot, right? At the NFL PA game, I was doing – I was watching practice, but I was also ear hustling. And I heard one scout say, listen, I'm very impressed by Junior Falk because he came into the meeting with them with a scouting report on their secondary, on their defense, and some examples from about four to five games of where if they had me on the team, I would have been able to do X, Y, and Z. Y'all probably need to move off from this guy. It was like, man, he was the most prepared DB um, out of Delta State that they, that they were able to interview out there in the NFLP. So I'm not surprised that he ends up on a roster, but he's someone that could play safety or press corner. He's physical, he's outstanding, and also has great ball skills. Jeff, uh, looking at a little more big picture for the Browns, I'm curious what sort of the sentiment is in Baltimore with them getting Deshaun Watson. Well, you know, obviously uh, the – Potential ramifications on the Lamar Jackson extension. I don't think, uh, you know, uh, Haslam's a very popular guy in Baltimore for what that could mean with the fully guaranteed. I know Ravens owner Steve Bishotti has kind of been the one owner who was vocal about it or one of the few owners. I think Arthur Blank was a little bit, too, about how he didn't think it was a good precedent. Um, So, you know, look. Uh, I think when you look at them this year, they're, they're probably one of the hardest teams to handicap. You just don't know how long Deshaun Watson's going to be on the field. Uh, I mean, is he going to be suspended? How long is he going to be suspended? I mean, if he's suspended early, I think their schedule sets up pretty well for them, where if they get him back uh, after six or seven games or whatever, uh, they'd be in pretty good shape. They could hold down the four for that long. Uh, but, yeah, you know, I, I think, uh, you know – I don't think the Ravens fans were thrilled that he, he came in the division. It just kind of makes it tougher. You know, we know the the talent they have on, on offense, how good the offensive line is is been. And uh, if Deshaun Watson's right and he's on the field, that certainly takes things to a new level for them. But who knows when that will be this year? I, I think that's why it's so hard to project the Browns heading into the season, just because you don't know uh, how long their starting quarterback is, is going to be out, if any time. Transitioning to the Steelers to wrap things up. First round, of course, they took Kenny Pickett. Second round, George Pickens, the wide receiver from Georgia. Third round, DeMarvin Leal, the D-tackle from AM. Fourth round, another receiver, Calvin Austin, the third from Memphis. Sixth round, Connor Hayward, Cam's younger brother. Seventh round, linebacker, Mark Robinson, Mississippi. And then seventh round, they took another quarterback. Uh, Chris Aludekun from South Dakota State. So what do you make, Emery, of the two quarterbacks and the two wide receivers? Love the two wide receivers. That, that receiving core, my goodness, man. Um, problem is, who's going to give them the football? Um, and so when you look at Pickett juxtaposed to Oladokun, my thing is, are we sure Pickett is better than Trubisky? And are we sure he is better than Oladokun? I had the same grade on both guys. Um, and the fact they drafted Chris in the in the seventh round says they knew they had a lot of heat behind him, 
in terms of people wanting to sign him as an undrafted free agent. So it's going to make that whole quarterback competition the entire uh, spring and summer fascinating because if it's a true, honest competition, you can't be afraid to have a Gus Farad heat shoe situation, right? Where maybe your your better guy is the seventh round pick and you got to let him start because you want to win games. But right now, to me, Pittsburgh has enough on both sides of the ball from where they drafted, but they are clearly the fourth best team, in my opinion, in this division, just strictly off the uncertainty at quarterback. Hold on a second. I want to make sure I heard this right. You're the same grade for Pickett and Aludican? Yep. And think about it. When you go back and watch him versus Colorado State, they took, first of all, they beat the brakes off the Rams. And that was the first game of the season. I and saw that game. That was a ass whooping. They, they, exactly. And, you know, he had two good receivers in the Yankee Twins and they had to run it back Pierre Strong. Um, but you saw him do great things all throughout the season in his one year, um, got them deep into the playoffs. Remember, this was a national title team last year that had every quarterback get hurt. So they were scrambling to find somebody. He was at Sanford and almost came out in last year's draft, but then decided to transfer one more year, take advantage of it, and was out there. So, yes, him and Pickett, they, you know, he's a little bit more athletic. He has a stronger arm and has, you know, gotten a team to the playoffs and played some significant football. I'm interested to see how uh, he is going to factor into this competition because we will quickly find out if it's a shadow competition or if it's a true QB competition out there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's shadow, bro. Let me just tell you right now. First round pick, seventh round pick, it's shadow. Jeff, it's interesting. I want to get your thoughts on this from a Ravens perspective. I got a couple buddies that are big Steelers fans, and they're not happy about the pit. It seems like if you're a Pitt fan, you're happy about the Steelers pick of Kenny Pickett. But if you're just a Steelers fan, I had a buddy say to me, he's going to be okay. He's going to be like Andy Dalton. And this and the Roonies are very loyal, so they're going to keep him as the starting quarterback, which isn't going to be good enough against Joe Burrow, Lamar Jackson, and Deshaun Watson, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah, it's interesting. Like some of the, you know, like the questions on Pickett, obviously, or a lot of like how much upside does he actually have? And uh, you know, I've heard some, uh, you know, the complaints too from Pittsburgh fans. I mean, first of all, credit for the Steelers for just not playing any games. I mean, they went to pretty much every quarterback pro day. They were all over the place. They made no bones about it that they were going to pick a quarterback, which I thought it was kind of refreshing and, and not hiding behind all of it and sending out mi- mixed messages. Um, but yet then they wind up picking a guy who basically trained in their facility or whatever. They picked the guy that played in their home stadium. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I wondered about Willis there and, and whether they'd go with the more mobile option. Um, but I, I think for them, uh, we'll see what Kenny Pickett is, what Trubisky, all that. But uh, they have a lot of weapons. And, and you look at Harris and, and you look at Fryermuth and, and, and Emery talked about the receiving group they had. And we all know the story now, thanks to Peter King, who's embedded the Ravens draft room. Um, you know, the Ravens wanted Austin. They had him earmarked with one of those fourth round picks and the Steelers picked him right ahead of him. I know the Ravens weren't thrilled about that, but that happened. So I think whoever their quarterback is, they have a lot of weapons around him. We'll see how much they've improved their offensive line. I think the jury's out there. Um, but I think they're they're still in position to play the kind of football the Steelers you used to remember them playing with the hard physical running game and, and all that. 
Um, I, I fully expect them to be there at the end. I don't know if they're going to be contenders right away, um, but they're always there with Mike Tomlin. And, and you know, they – you know, they finished 500 when they had Duck Hodges playing all those games that one year. <laughs> they, they find a way, and, and I think defensively, you know, Miles My, Jack, they'll be they'll be good there with the addition. So, um, you know, I don't think Kenny Pickett sends shivers down down the rest of the AFC North, but I think the 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 coaching they have, the stability of the organization, some of the other pieces they have, uh, they always have to be accounted for at the end. If you're an AFC North fan of any of the teams, obviously, if you're a Ravens fan, you got to follow him on social media at Jeff Zrebeck, Z-R-E-B-I-E-C. Hopefully, since you listen or watch this show, you're already following Emery at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. I'm at Ross Tucker NFL. We are at Ross Tucker Pod. The keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.